Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm okay. It was my birthday yesterday. I had a lovely birthday. Um, thanks to the, uh, the the drifters who got in touch with me to say happy birthday. And I can only imagine, because I've mentioned on any number of occasions that I share a birthday with the uh, the former Führer, Hitler, um, <laughs> that, that they must have read somewhere that it was like Hitler was born on this day in history and thought, oh, isn't it Jeff Lloyd's birthday as well? And then subsequently sent me a little tweet or something because um, I don't think it comes up on the Drifter Facebook page thing or on the Facebook page thing that people can see mm. on my real life Facebook, which is hidden from view. It's just sort of friends and family. Um, I have got it set so that people know it's my birthday mm. and I get loads, loads of good wishes on there. Do you? Because oh, my birthday yeah. was in March and it was only like a few weeks later. I thought, oh, I wonder if, I wonder if anyone wished me a birthday on Facebook and I had a look and it was four people. <laughs> Oh no, that's quite, that's that's quite low, isn't it? How many fr- Facebook friends have you got? Five? I don't know. <laughs> like, right. I don't really go on it, like maybe three or two hundred. I don't know. I just think it's some, like, I don't really like Facebook, but it's just something to do. I, I said before, I feel like I'm constantly on a little circuit of the internet. <laughs> right, and that's right. one of the places where I stop off. That's one of your circuits. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Mm. I don't particularly like it there, but I, I stop off there anyway. Mm. Um, but I've made a list of all the people who didn't wish me happy birthday and I'm going to call them. Oh, brilliant. Good. Yeah. Quite right. It is nice when people write on, I don't know if it's called your wall anymore, uh, but they write on your wall or your profile page and then, you know, you've got the option to just like it. You can do a little thumbs up or a or a love heart or whatever. You don't have to write anything about it. You can just like it and you can yeah. show that uh, you appreciate them being thoughtful enough to wish you happy birthday. A few people, though, sent me... Direct messages on Facebook wishing me happy birthday. Ah, oh, so then you feel you have to reply to yes. it. Yes. Oh. It's quite annoying. <laughs> sort of ruining my birthday. I don't want to be spending my birthday replying to people. Maybe that's where all my messages are, to check that bit. Yeah, I? yeah, yeah. yeah. London look now. <laughs> can, I, can I tell people what you did for my birthday? It was so lovely, Annabelle. Yeah. Oh, yeah, please do, because it makes me look like a great friend. You're so thoughtful. <laughs> so because of lockdown, obviously, we couldn't see each other. Mm. Um, so Annabelle baked a cake and then iced happy birthday Jeff on the top of it with icing mm. sugar mm. and then you did a FaceTime you lit a candle and you got me to blow the candle out over FaceTime yeah I did yeah what a, what a great friend I am it was so thoughtful it was just the loveliest thing and the the great thing about it was I didn't have to eat your baking <laughs> I'm so bad at baking. <laughs> it's not that, like, here's what I think. It's not that you're bad at baking because baking to some extent, if you're not, you know, just making it up as you go along, is just following a recipe very precisely. Mm, no, I but do you, that. I do but, that. But, but you are generally hell-bent on trying to make some kind of healthy baking. <laughs> and I don't think those things go together very well. You made, what's that brownie you once made? Oh, that was terrible. Out of a prune. Was it out of a prune? 
It was no, it was sweet potato. It was terrible. Oh. It was terrible. So it was lovely to be able to see the thoughtfulness and the time you mm. put in, but not have to like put it in my mouth and pretend that I was enjoying it. Yeah, yeah. I thought that. I thought you'd enjoy that aspect. Yeah. Yeah, it was. It was truly wonderful. Mm, mm. The other thing that happened is my friend Susie. Um, she she surprised me. I was I went for a bath in the afternoon and then my son came running up and said, there's a surprise. I went down to the front door and Susie had basically come and put presents on the doorstep and then ran away by a few metres. So she was end at the, at the end of the path. And then we sat and chatted for, for a little while with me on the doorstep and her at the end of the path due to social distancing. And it was a really lovely, thoughtful thing to do. Mm, that's so nice. However, I am worried what if... One of the neighbours saw and I've been reported to the police. Well, I've heard about people doing this. I've heard of very similar situations. The police being called. I think it's ridiculous. You could be in prison. I mean, <laughs> I am personally keeping a chart of how many times each neighbour leaves the house every day and whether they've got <laughs> shopping bags or whether they look like they're exercising. Like, I, I try and ascertain whether they seem slightly sweaty or breathless. And if they're not, I put a little mark down on my chart. <laughs> I'll be submitting it as evidence to the local mm. constabulary. Maybe you could get off by exchanging that information for your freedom. <laughs> Some kind of do. plea bargain. Yes, yeah, yes, yeah. exactly. I've become an informer. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, and I had a lovely day. Sarah made a real fuss of me. She let me watch one of my favourite um, films, which I know you love as well. It's a Swedish film called We Are The Best. Oh, so good, yeah. It's brilliant. It's it's just a joy it's just like a lovely funny feel-good film about um some teenagers in in stockholm in the early 80s who decide to form a punk band and it's just great and it's one of the best films about being a slightly weird teenager that you'll see i love that and then uh she ordered me food from a nice restaurant which was delivered we started it the night before because i was working on the night of my birthday and then she had donuts delivered the next day cheese delivered later in the morning it was largely food based my son sang to me he picked me some flowers it was um it was uh, it was a good birthday you know, d- despite everything so uh thank you to the the odd drifters who who did sort of get in touch on twitter and if you didn't don't feel guilty about it because as i say i've i didn't change the settings on my public facebook so that i, I could be inundated <laughs> i'll remember for next year because it's you know it's something you must do ahead of your birthday change your privacy settings so you'll be inundated with good wishes from people Unless you're me. Yeah, unless you're you. Um, that's so weird for... Can mm. I tell you a slightly depressing thing mm, that okay. happened this week? Yeah, go on. I've just said some nice things. I'll tell you something depressing. Okay. So my son is really into a Disney programme called The Lion Guard. Okay. It's a spin-off of The Lion King. And it follows the adventures of uh, Kion who is the the son of Simba from The Lion King, so it's the next generation, and his assembled friends who guard the Pride Lands. There are five of them in total. Kion, the lion. Mm-hmm. Fooli, who is a cheetah, she's the fastest. Bunga is a honey badger, he's the bravest and the funniest. Um, Beshti is a hippo and he's the strongest. And Ono is a bird. And I don't know if it's he or she, but uh, she, she can he or she can see for miles and miles. So my son... This, loves this show so much that he's talking about it all the time and he wants to play in our family the the lion guard with each of us being a different character okay okay yeah so there are three of us and five of them right. so he says mommy daddy let's be the lion guard i'm gonna be fooly the cheetah daddy you can be Beshti, the hippo mommy you can be ono the bird and then he says, and this is the depressing part. Yeah. Daddy's phone can be Kion. <laughs> Daddy's phone. Like it's like it's his brother or sister. <laughs> yeah. And then mommy's phone can be the other one. I forgot oh, where we're. But it's like we, we oh. must be on our phones so oh. much that he sees them as members of the family. <laughs> yes, yes. It's like pets or fellow siblings. Yeah, yeah. Oh no. It's so depressing, that isn't is it? It's very depressing.
Right, let's hear from some drifters. Uh, thank you to you if you are taking time during lockdown to send us email. We really appreciate it. And of course, we'd really appreciate some more. Uh, if you haven't written to us yet and you've got a story that's haunting you or maybe uh, some awkwardness that's happened during lockdown, then we would love to hear from you. It's hello at adriftpodcast.com. First one's from Nina. Like most drifters, I have been self-isolating for years. So the so I thought the current situation would suit me just fine. However, it has created levels of social anxiety that I have not experienced before in the supermarket, in my NHS office job, when walking the dog and the clap. Now, I know you both love it and I completely understand the plethora of reasons that it is important and the sense of control and appreciation it gives people. But I have found myself dreading Thursday evenings. I want to do the clap, definitely, for my own reasons, but have found that the clap is not as important as the judgment from my neighbours. It's like the expectation and social verification of the clap has become more important than the reason for doing the clap. I made the mistake of cooking a lovely dinner I was looking forward to at 7.30 last Thursday. And as I sat down to eat it on the sofa, right in front of the window to the street, I was filled with anxiety. I don't want to do the clap tonight. I do. I don't want to have to. I want my dinner. It's just a clap. This is my internal monologue. I wolfed down the dinner, anxiously looking over my shoulder. To draw the curtains would have been worse on so many levels. Then sat, as tense as before a job interview, (laughs) watching the clock in case time had altered and 8pm had come earlier. 7.58pm. I don't have to do the clap. I could be strong and confident in my own reasons for not. 7.59. Tense and staring crazily out of the window. There are people out there. (laughs) I run to the door. Open it a crack because public displays of emotion mortify me. But I need people to see that I am there. <laughs> Long arms extended. Clap, clap. My face has no idea what to do because I'm caught between embarrassment, awkwardness and the overwhelming need to cry hysterically. Same thing happens every Remembrance Sunday. <laughs> I inadvertently made eye contact with a neighbour across the street and just gurned at her like I was off my face. <laughs> How long do you clap? And why are people doing it facing the main road as if a parade of (laughs) nurses and doctors are walking by in carnival wear? (gasps) I shut the door and retreat to isolation. Suffice to say, in these strange times, I am exactly the same as ever. At once filled with unbearable compassion for my fellow humans and disliking and wanting to avoid them intensely. Business (laughs) as usual. I am... You know, you, I just want to say you would be entitled to go and stand in the middle of the road as somebody who works for the NHS and and uh, have people clap at you and whoop and cheer. Yeah, you could you could take in the applause for yourself. Oh, God, can you imagine? Yeah. I mean, yeah, anything worse. I think if you're a drifter, you're the sort of person who feels uncomfortable when singing, people are singing happy birthday to you. So, yeah, yeah. you know, yeah, standing and taking <laughs> applause, it's, uh, it's really... But that's what been one of the good thing about, uh, things about lockdown is the, the happy birthday songs have been few and far between and from you know immediate family and you really Mm-mm, yes that, so i haven't that. had to stand while multiple people sing it which is good um we've had it a couple of times during the clap where a passerby has been going to the corner shop and oh, right. yeah and it feels like you're applauding them oh, no no <laughs> i think i think you should just stay still during yeah. the clap i don't think you should carry on walking <laughs> yeah. okay all right fun. yeah This is from Andy. Last summer, I went to the Edinburgh Festival with my wife and son. We decided we would stop in Berwick-upon-Tweed for a night on the way to break up the journey from West Yorkshire. Berwick is Hang on, break up the journey? That's not a long journey. Sorry, no judgment. (laughs) It's not like the travelling from Cornwall to Edinburgh. Yeah, but it's going to take a few hours, isn't it? You're right. It doesn't. It doesn't necessarily warrant an overnight stay. But perhaps they wanted to go there. I don't. Yeah, know. no, it's a lovely place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Andy goes on. Berwick is notable for being the northernmost town in England. Its English football team famously plays in the Scottish League. Indeed, it is so close to the Scottish border that for 400 years the English and Scots fought over it, and it was part of Scotland a number of times. However, it has been an English town since 1482. I knew all this about Berwick because I'd read up on it before we set off. So just to be clear, Berwick is in England, has been for hundreds of years, and I am very aware that it is in England. We booked a small B&B, 
I was apprehensive as a B&B usually entails an owner who likes to chat with the guests. But I thought, I'm here with the wife who was good with that kind of thing. I'll let her do all the talking. The weather when we arrived was terrible. A gale was blowing and the rain was horizontal. My wife and son made a run for the door of the B&B while I grabbed a bag from the boot. Once I struggled through the lashing downpour and made it inside, I found the middle-aged married couple who owned it standing in the hall in genial conversation with my wife. This is my husband Andy, said my wife. The couple gave me a warm smile. Hello, hello, nice to meet you, they said in unison. This kind of welcoming committee makes me anxious, but I knew what I had to do. Be personable, full of bonhomie and open to small talk. So all the things that I'm not. I could do this though. It was just a simple greeting. Respond with a similarly simple greeting. What did I do after all my research into the town? Say, good Scottish weather out there. (laughs) The smile just about remained on their faces, but I could see in their eyes that they were thinking, (laughs) what an idiot. He does know he's still in England, doesn't he? After two seconds of silence that felt like an hour, they returned to talking to my wife. With head bowed, I pretended that I needed something else from the car and trudged back out into the rain. If I was a bit quiet during that one, mm-hmm. just uh, check it up. Like four hour drive, three hours on the train. You weren't checking it. You weren't. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's assuming it's Leeds in West Yorkshire. But... And are you saying they, they're allowed an overnight stay or not? I don't think it warrants it. But I mean, uh, you know, a nice place to stay. Okay. All right, Annabelle, let's have another way in which you are not a fully functioning adult. The lockdown weeks, months, years. Now, I've spoken before about my notes on the front door. I'm sure you'll remember about the scrappy I've, I've, notes. I've seen, You've seen, seen them. them. You've seen, seen them, yeah. them. Beautiful, aren't they? So basically, it's because... The dog you know you're probably lowering property prices in your street just by these notes that you sellotape to your front door. I'm well aware of this, yes. Right. But I've got a reason for it. So the, if the dog barks, if someone knocks on the door or if something mm. comes to the letterbox, that wakes up our two-year-old if he's napping. So, But if I put a bit of paper torn out from a notebook with no leaflets written in biro on it and sellotape to the letterbox that is now faded and peeling, you know, that stops that happening. And when Rudy has a knock, a sign similar in appearance goes on the door with the words, please don't knock, parcel on doorstep, thank you. So if there's some kind of delivery, they can just leave it on the doorstep, they don't have to knock, dog doesn't bark. Yeah, yeah. Now, one good thing, and this is probably the only good thing about lockdown, is that the first time ever, I've noticed a few other people having scrappy notes taped to their doors. Like, it's usually if they're self-isolating. But it's made me feel less alone and ashamed of my notes. <laughs> I've, um, I've gaffer taped over our doorbell. Oh, have you? That's a good idea. Because it, it's, it, you know, as you know, it has a mind of its own and sometimes it works, other times it doesn't work. Yeah, and, yeah. you know, when you're having parcels delivered, mm. I thought, why don't I just put gaffer tape over and people will know not to try. And does that gaffer tape look nice, does it? Has anyone no, no, it, it looks <laughs> awful, but, you know, <laughs> it probably prices. looks marginally better than sellotaping <laughs> a piece of paper to the window saying, bell broken, please knock. Yeah, yeah, probably. Good point. Yeah. Uh, so this week, as per usual, when Rudy went down for his nap, the please don't knock sign went on the door. And it was particularly important this day because Tom had said that he was due to get a delivery of beer, which he claims was free apart from the delivery. And I've chosen to believe him. Is it I from mean, Beer 52? <laughs> I think it is. Right. He's, he is that? right. Because um, we've had it as a sponsor on the other podcast. So I know a little <gasps> bit about it, even though I don't drink. And so it is free apart from the delivery. Yeah, but then I think it's like one of these with a website where you sign up and to uh, sign up, it asks you for your credit card details. So you've yeah. got to remember to cancel. Right, right, right. So, you know, you must nag him about that. No, that'll be us getting beer once a month then for the next three years. Right. <laughs> oh, incidentally, he mentioned that he'd won $3 million in his online poker. So I'm pretty sure he's telling the truth about it being virtual money. That's good news, right. isn't it? But if he does leave to go and live in luxury in the Bahamas once this lockdown is over, <laughs> I'll know he was lying. Anyway, sorry. Half an hour into Rudy's two-hour nap, there is a very loud, firm, repeated knock at the door. Rusty goes mad. The dog goes mad. Rudy wakes up. I look out of the window. There is a parcel of beer that's been left on the doorstep. And I am very angry about this. And I go outside after a short time to go and get it. And I see my next-door neighbour who's a guy, he's Scottish, he's got a shaved head and he's former military. 
and he says, you're right. And I launch into an angry foul mouth tirade about how the sign clearly says, please don't knock. And yet the delivery person knocked and now Rudy is awake. And I'm going on and on about it. And then I start to become aware of Eddie looking uncomfortably to his right. And then I hear a different voice saying, sorry, is there a problem? Uh, and I look to the source of the voice and it's a man in a fluorescent tabard. It's a delivery man <laughs> who's heard every word of me badmouthing him. And these delivery guys, like... They are key workers. Like they're someone know, who's know. helping to keep everyone going. They're probably doing long hours and not much money. So I have to backtrack like painfully with a, oh, no, so, so sorry. It's, it's just that the sign says don't knock and the baby woke up. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. It's not a problem, blah, blah, blah. And then he apologizes and said that he read it as please knock as he's really tired. You know, fair enough. And it was just awful. It was terrible. And now I can't ever order anything online ever again as I can't <laughs> risk ever seeing him again. And then it got worse because he went away. And then my neighbor turned back to me and said, you know, I could print you out a sign. <laughs> I'll do you a nice one and I'll get it nominated for you. <laughs> Which says only one thing to me, that all my neighbours talk about my terrible scrappy door sign behind my back. And he has seized upon the chance to do something about it. And I feel nothing but terrible shame. But I am quite looking forward to my laminated sign. <laughs> Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. On a similar note to what you're just talking about, how help me settle a little uh, little marital dispute. Oh, okay, good. Go on. Do you think now lockdown is an appropriate time to be ordering from, let's say Amazon, um, a new bin for the front yard? massive issue with my only issue is financial <laughs> like if i'm thinking if tom did it i'd be thinking that's a waste of money but what, what what tell me what your issue with it is so my issue is it is as you were just saying the delivery drivers uh, are key workers at the moment yeah. and they're doing really important work getting food and things that people need uh, necessary items okay. and i just think just because somebody, I don't want to name any names, thinks the bin in our front garden's a bit unsightly, I, th- I think it, it, maybe the thing to do is is wait until after lockdown. It, it's not broken, it's not leaking, there's nothing wrong with it, it's just mm. you know a bit of a mess. I think the thing to do is to wait until after lockdown before you take up a huge amount of space in a van and time in somebody's day of delivery slots having a new bin delivered. But I'm, I'm open-minded. How, how often, seeing as you're inside most of the time, how often are you even looking at it? Like, it's not it's not the time in your life when you're going to be seeing it very much. This is true. It's true. Mm. I mean, yeah, yeah. But I'm guessing uh, that you lost this argument and you've now got a new bin. No, right? no, no. Oh. It's, it's it's ongoing. So oh, I'll use this. I'll okay. use this as evidence to support okay. my. Uh, <laughs> okay. Okay. Support my claim. Mm. Um, I was going to have not got much to talk about this week because of you know not very much has happened with the social distancing. But uh, so I was going to do a couple of recommendations if you like. Mm. The first one is a book that is terrific, um, and I really recommend it. It's a very interesting subject. It's a book about the Beatles, the the band. Okay. Um. And. I, I find the subject quite interesting, actually. Well, we know, don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> One thing I've learned about you is you like the Beatles. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm sitting in my loft at the moment and I'm currently looking at, I mean, 
hundreds of books about the Beatles. So I'm at a point generally where if a new one comes out, which is just you know, another biography of some sort, I tend not to buy it unless it's by somebody I know to be a brilliant Beatles historian like Mark Lewison, or it's a very, very, it's about a very specific aspect of them. Um, However, this is a general book about the Beatles. I wasn't going to get it. Then I saw a couple of people enthusing about it on Twitter, including Dan Schreiber, who is one of the QI elves from the No Such Thing as a Fish podcast. So I sent him a message because I know he's obsessive like me. I sent him a message saying, is, is this book really for people like us? He says, no, honestly, you've, you've, you've got to get it. I'll tell you more. I'm just a little bit uh, otherwise engaged at the moment. It then turned out his wife had gone into labour and he never oh. wrote, wrote me back, which right. I'm feeling quite aggrieved about. <laughs> um, but, but I ordered this book on his recommendation and it's tremendous. It's a guy called Craig Brown. You might well know his name. He's a satirist. He's written for uh, Private Eye um, for a long time. He wrote what I understand to be an excellent book about Princess Margaret a few years oh, ago. really? Okay. Yeah, which I'm quite keen to get off the back mm. of this. Mm. And what it is, is it's the story of the Beatles, but it's told through little moments. So in other words like a lot about their impact or who they were um and and a lot of it's old old stories to me but the way that he takes tiny moments in their lives and extrapolates big big wider points about them and their history and what they became is just brilliant it's so good um and and not only that the writing is tremendous and it's it's really funny as well in its way um I can't recommend it highly enough. I, I would recommend it to you if you are just somebody who feels, oh yeah, the Beatles—they're a force for good in the world. But I, you know, um, I, I don't need to have three shelves full of books about them. This would be a great one for you to just have one book about the Beatles. Okay. And if if you're crazy about them like me, um, then it's it's just a joy to read. It is an absolute joy. So that's um, that's my first recommendation. And my second one is Unorthodox. Have you watched this? No, it's on Netflix, isn't it? It's on my list. It's so good. Oh, is it? Okay. Yeah. So it's about a woman who um, grows up in the uh, Hasidic community in Williamsburg in New York and decide she's got to get out and you know this this so the story unfolds and it's it's very very good um and then yesterday when we were on our state mandated walk we were walking in the park in very close to us and i, I would say like most people you see on the streets around there are from that community community hmm. so what then became interesting to me is because I think that community they they consume media in a different way. To they go to different types of schools when the schools are open. To some extent, they they sort of isolate um, and and live quite separately. Um, I wonder if they know that everybody like me who's walking past them on the street is like all of a sudden really interested in their world and their life, mm. or if they've got no idea that yeah. this Netflix hit. Is taking the world by storm. Mm. Yeah, Wonder, yeah, yeah. Um, so, so anyway, I um, I really recommend it. It's 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 really good drama. Have you watched anything? Oh, have you seen Quiz? No, I watched uh, half of an episode because I was interviewing the writer on BBC Radio Five Live, and oh. I loved it. I've just got to get back to um, get That's back to it. So, so, so good, um, and. And I'm thinking, did he do it? Didn't he do it? And that, that's all I think about, whether he did it or not. They did and it. The, and the guy, this is about the coughing major on who yes. wants to be a millionaire sort yeah, of yeah. 15, 20 years ago. And um, if you remember that. And, and it is one of these things. It's like a lockdown sensation, isn't it? Everybody oh, is, so is talking about it. Mm. It's Shiv's husband from uh, from Succession. Yes. Who plays uh, Charles Ingham. Mm-hmm. Fleabag's sister plays his wife. Yeah, and uh, Michael Sheen plays Chris Tarrant. Oh, he's so good! I loved it. Mm. I uh, do. You remember John Ronson writing a piece about it? 
Oh, I, yes, I think I, I definitely read it at the time. Yeah. Oh, it was so funny. I, I wonder if that. Um, I wonder if that is worth going back mm. and reading. When, when I interviewed James Graham, the the writer of it, he says, you know, he remembers reading John's thing at the time, and probably on some level that was an inspiration for, you know, how it could become oh, really? a drama. But it's it's yeah, I, I'm really looking forward to getting stuck into that. Yes, great. Right. Well, look at us with our um, lockdown recommendations. <laughs> Yeah, no, we're we're practically TV reviewers now and book yeah. reviewers. <laughs> Time now for suggestions from Snarebrook, Snaresbrook. Oh yes, yes, that's what we're uh, doing. And Quadri Corner at the Glap Clinic in Problematic at my end. Um, any any social dilemmas, any uh, behaviours you need clarification on, then you can email us hello at adriftpodcast.com. Ed writes, I am still working, office job, working from home at the moment and not liking it. And I have an issue with email etiquette. In these times, what is best? Examples I have used. Hope all well in these strange times. Hope all good with you. How are you doing? and various permutations of the above. I have also used, and I hate myself as a piece of my soul caves in, how's tricks? (laughs) To be fair, this was someone I have a good relationship with, but felt inappropriate as soon as I clicked the send button. Any advice? Some background. A lot of the people I deal with are trying to hang in there. Others have furloughed staff. Anyway, any advice from fellow drifters appreciated? Uh, look after yourself. Oh, and he says, and a two meter virtual hug to you both. Okay, so I'm not into hugging those I'd ever met, but different times. <laughs> <laughs> well, so, his, his, go on. Yeah, just that, that was just going to summarize that. How, how are we supposed to deal with starting emails in these strange, turbulent, difficult times? So I, I've just been writing, hope you're all coping okay. Okay. Um, and you use that for every single thing. That's just so you don't have to think pretty, every time. Pretty much. Pretty much. You've got a template. Um, okay. Do you, do, just as an aside, do you use Gmail? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Have you got it on where it will suggest things for you as you're typing? Oh, I, I didn't know you could turn it off, but you th- yeah, I have got it on. Yeah. Then, so yes. I've got it on. I don't know if you can turn it off or not. But um, I was writing an email the other day and it suggested the subject line. As far as I can tell, I propose nothing. <laughs> Still need a gig. (laughs) (laughs) That doesn't even make sense. I mean, it is true. (laughs) Still need a gig. Wow. How bizarre. Yeah, I know. I've Um, I've never had it suggest a subject line before. Yeah. I think you you struggle with them a bit. (laughs) Oh, I do. I hate the subject lines so much. Yeah, Yeah, they are. Yeah, they're annoying. Yeah. Why do they need a subject line? I know. And emails don't need a title. Letters don't have a title, do they? No, you don't write a subject on the outside of a letter. No. You just open a letter and then you... Anyway, um, let's get back to this. So I've seen people being snooty online on Facebook or Twitter or wherever saying, oh, what's with all these people saying, hope you're okay in these strange times or whatever. Mm. And basically, my feeling is people are just trying to be nice. I don't like, like it when people don't acknowledge it. I feel like, why are you not acknowledging like this, mm. like this, the hardest time in many people's lives? Like, why, why are you ignoring it? I find it weird. I, I think so generally whatever you write is fine because you're just trying your best um, in in unprecedented weird days. So it, it's fine. And if somebody wants to be snooty about it, that's their problem okay. with the possible exception of house tricks. How, what, sorry? With the possible exception of house tricks. Oh, house tricks. What do you mean? Well, isn't I'm that confused. what he says? You've just read it to me in an email, Annabelle. How's tricks? Oh, how's tricks? Sorry, I thought you were saying, oh my God. I thought you were saying the German name, how's tricks? Like it was a German name, like a person. How's tricks? Sorry, yes, how's tricks? Yes. Are you worried okay, about I'll, me? I'll, I'll let that one go because of the whole marshmallow incident last week where <laughs> I sort of humiliated myself. So I'll, I'll let it go. I do feel that the marshmallow thing is probably better than me hearing how's tricks as house tricks. Anyway. <laughs> Okay, should we move on from this one and pretend it yeah. never happened? Okay, this is, is house fun. even a name? No, probably not. Carry on. You're no. thinking of hands. I know, I know. Forget I, forget I ever said it, pretend it never happened. Okay, April says, we moved into our house a year ago. Being a drifter, I still do not know my neighbours all that well. I have waved at a few people as I was outside and they walked by, but that is about it. 
About two weeks ago, my daughter and I were outside doing some yard work. My daughter was using a shovel to dig up the tall grass bush things around the mailbox. She was doing a decent job, but it was going slow. All of a sudden, a guy walks up with a tool, which my son told me is a pick mattock, and told my daughter that it should be easier than the shovel. He leaned it up against the mailbox and walked away. Watching him leave, we found out that he is our neighbour who may live two houses down. He didn't go in his house, he jumped on a bike and rode away. We used the mattock to pull up the rest of the grass and then to pull up some stuff in the flower bed close to the house. We then cleaned the tool and now have no clue how to return it. It is currently sitting in our house close to the door. I saw the guy once since, but didn't say anything. Like I said, we're not even really sure where he lives. It might be two houses down or three. How do we get his tool back so he doesn't think we're just keeping it? What are, what are your thoughts on this? It was, well, it's, it's very tricky. <sighs> See, what I would be tempted to do just leave it outside until he comes and gets it himself. <laughs> but that, that doesn't feel very neighbourly, does it? It also risks somebody else taking it. Uh, of course, yeah. You you could go and knock on... You could, could you ask somebody? I yeah, think, I think, I think, I think, that, think, I think oh, we're stumbling yeah. towards something here, aren't we, in the dark? But, but that's difficult because it involves having to knock on someone else's door and these are weird times to have to do that. You could parade up and down... No, 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 that's not right. I've got, I've got an idea, I've got an idea, okay, I've got an okay, idea. okay. You phone the police. Right. You say there's been a flasher. Right. You give a description of the flasher oh that fits to the description of the man. Oh and then God. you sort of sit in your window and <laughs> wait for the police to turn up at his house. Okay, well, that's that solved then. I hope that's okay for you, April. <laughs> Podication time. This comes from Marie, who says, Dear Annabelle and Jeff, hope you're both well. Please, can I request podication for myself as a reward for finally signing up to Patreon? Oh, Marie, thank you. Thank, thank you. you thank you. You know, tough times. Tom's not even got any pro bono work, has he? No, he did do. He did a pro bono job for my sister. Oh, did he? So, yeah. well, at least, at least there's that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> keep you going yeah yeah pro bono yeah yeah uh after it being on my to-do list for well over a year and for finally sending you this email it's being on my to-do list for five years i started listening to your old radio show casually when i started driving age 25 in 2014 in august of that year robin williams tragically took his own life and the next evening jeff talked about this sad event as well as suicide and mental health in general and that 10 minutes of radio has stayed with me ever since. It felt totally genuine and heartfelt and quite impromptu. The tone wasn't in keeping with anything I'd normally heard on that radio station, so it really took me by surprise, and I'm sure I wasn't the only listener welling up by the end. I remember how, as Jeff was coming to the end of what he wanted to say, it felt like he suddenly remembered that he was live on the radio and it became all awkward and embarrassed. You could hear his cheeks going red across the airwaves. I planned to email in the next morning to say thank you for having the balls to be so honest and using that platform to talk about something that so desperately needs talking about. I've just listened to the AMA episode and I know I've missed the boat, but if I could ask you anything, it would be whether you guys remember Jeff giving that little speech, how planned it was, and whether many, brackets, more organised and decisive people than me, mentioned it to you afterwards. I hope they did, because naturally the next day came and went without me sending you a thing. 
No, I mean, it was all written for me, that, really. No, it wasn't. <laughs> no, it wasn't. <laughs> we, we sort of ran it by a focus group. No, it was just... Yeah, just <laughs> kept in the bits which pressed the press people's buttons. No, no it was uh, it was it was a funny one. Um, it was it was a weird day, you know. Um, it was very sad, but I'd I'd also seen and heard a lot of people talking about how he was this genius and having you know that kind of depression or that kind of darkness to him was the the other side of having the genius. And I, I, I didn't think that was a very good way to talk about mental health because it's a thing that affects everybody. And I just started talking about it. And all of a sudden it was 15 minutes later or however long it went on for, probably too long for commercial radio. Like it was probably somebody screwed downstairs was screaming, play a record. But, um, so you did, so you, you, you started talking, but you didn't, you didn't, it wasn't planned like no because you know what I'm like I like to have an idea of what I'm going to say yeah you know just sort of a beginning middle and an end usually but no I just didn't I didn't know that yeah Ooh. and I, I tried to think about it and I couldn't but I felt like it was that what we did on that show so often was reflect what was going on on the day as well as what was going on with us mm. um so I just started talking about it but I like all I remember really was it was this, we were in a different studio to the one we usually use. We were yeah. in a much, we were more, more all cramped together. Yeah, yeah. And I started talking, and as I said, it sort of went on and it went on and went on, and, and I felt like I was being very personal. And I don't know if I had my eyes closed, or I certainly wasn't making eye contact particularly. And mm. then as as I came to the end of it, I don't know, it was sort of before or after I'd switched the microphones off, I, I, I felt like intensely embarrassed no. that I was in a room with like you and, and uh, Gareth, our old producer, uh, who were, you know, both people I love, you know, you're, you're like family to me. But at the same time, it felt too personal to have been saying those things really. I just felt like a humiliated myself in some way really so we've never spoken about this this yeah. is so interesting so my memory of it is um that what you said was really important and like really beautifully articulated and I had no idea you were going to do it at all and I was I remember being stunned because you'd never done like like um she says like you'd never done anything like that before and you never said anything even serious before and I kept thinking, where is this going? Where is this going? And I had no idea that you didn't know where it was going either. Um, and I've, I think I started to panic, like, because I, there's no, nothing I could say because I'm not good at serious stuff and certainly not good if I haven't got anything planned. And then at the end, I think when you finish, you said something like, have you got anything to add or something like that? And I didn't know what to say. And I think someone, lots of people have been tweeting and emailing in and texting in and like, like overwhelming, like 100% positive. Yeah. Like people found it so moving and important and they were so glad you'd said it. And one person had said this, you know, he, you've got to give this guy a round of applause. So I said, well, I'm just, I've got nothing to say. I'm just going to give you, I'm just going to clap. <laughs> no, and honestly, like I had sleepless nights for weeks and sometimes I still like cringe with embarrassment that I did that. Like I'm mortified. Oh, how funny. So in a way that's yes. a drift, drifter moment to you. Yes, yeah. And, and we both had it and neither of us knew that the other one felt so mortified oh, how by funny. it. Oh, God. I remember once being with you on a New Year's Eve <laughs> and somebody in the group had, had said, oh, why don't we all like say sincere nice things about each other mm. and like I remember feeling about as uncomfortable <laughs> after the Robin Williams thing as I had done on that New Year's <laughs> Eve where we all had to say sincere nice things to each other oh really wow yeah but it was um yeah it was a f funny one that because you know I, I think I with the radio show like I know some people really liked it, but I think for most people it was just a thing on in the background while they were doing other things. And, you know, either they'd dip in and out of what we were saying or they'd just be thinking, oh, play another record. And then, yeah, I remember coming off air that night and looking at social media, Twitter and, and Facebook. And I had a, an email as well, actually, a load, hundreds, I think, of messages from people who had, um, you know, their own stories about their own mental health and for whatever reason, just talking about it in that way. 
had meant something to them and and just feeling a little like it was all a little bit too much for me which is regular listeners will know I don't get like that very often <laughs> often <laughs> so you know it was really the the way that people were so open and and shared their own stories was yeah you know, it was one of my great when I think about all the years I did radio for and still do radio a bit um it it was like one of the most memorable days I think but I wouldn't really like to hear myself speaking again like I say it wasn't very well planned and I'm sure if I listened to it sort of now I'd think oh god you're so inarticulate well so, how interesting that Marie says like said do you remember it when actually it's your, one of your most memorable moments and yeah I remember it very very well too yeah so there you go there's your, there's your mm. answer to that thank you for mentioning it um and I think you said, was I really never, never, ever say anything serious on the radio up until that day? From memory, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was the only time you've ever been serious. Like, it'd always have a funny ending. And I kept thinking, how is he going to get a funny ending out of this? Like, there's, no, there's, nothing, there's nothing to say. Yeah. What about, like, the day after 7-7 seven, seven or something? I don't think I must we, were have said some... we weren't. I don't think we were on the radio that day. No, we, we were. We were doing a breakfast really? show. Yeah, okay, yeah. Okay, then there must just, have been other yeah, days. You're, then you're right. Then must like have been. all those years, that can't have <laughs> been the only time I ever said anything okay. with any sort of degree of humanity or compassion. No, no, that no. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't mean it like that. I didn't mean it. It's the other. Like, maybe it's the one that stands out for me. Then <laughs> right, it's right. the only one I remember. <laughs> oh. Oh, dear. Uh, okay. Um, anyway, so so. That's that's the answer to your question. Um, and then uh, Marie continues. Four months later on Christmas Eve, my best friend Steph also took her own life, aged just 26. Steph was by no means a drifter. She was probably the most outgoing, sorry, she, she was the most outgoing, sociable and naturally witty person I knew. And she was the life and soul of every party. Uh, as I imagine Robin Williams probably was too. Her death was a devastating shock that no one saw coming and it floored me and the rest of her many friends and family. In the turbulent months that followed, I thought several times about finally sending you that email um, as moving as I'd found Jeff's words at the time. They were suddenly so much more poignant now, especially as the thing you particularly addressed was the problematic stereotype of the tortured artist or genius, as well as how people found Robin Williams' death shocking because of his comedy and his extrovert personality, um, but that this persona can hide what's really going on inside. This all really resonated with me when I thought about Steph. And again, I wanted to say thank you for having talked about it and never got around to it. I'm really, you know, really sorry to to hear that, and you know, humbled. It almost sounds like an insincere word to use, but you know, humbled that those words meant something to you, Marie. Um, but yeah, I'm really sorry about Stefan. By the sounds of it, what an incredible person to have known and to have live on in you. Um, Part of the reason I took myself out of getting in touch was because I assumed that confident radio DJs on popular drive time shows don't need the drifterish likes of me telling them they're doing a good job. I was worried if I sent you a long gushing email like this one, you'd think I was a fangirl with a crush or worse, a weird stalker with an obsession. Um, it wasn't until I started listening to Adrift that I realised how reassuringly needy and self-conscious Jeff is, which made me think that A, being so open about mental health on the radio must have taken more balls than I thought, and B, Jeff would probably appreciate a gushing email, even if it was from a crushing fangirl or especially an obsessed stalker. I'm happy to say that I'm neither of those things, in fact, just a fellow drifter. Yeah, that's that's funny. I always like feel that... A, part, a lot of what we did on the radio was just a version of what we do here on the podcast. We just wear it on our sleeves a bit more on the podcast, don't we? Yeah. But on you know on the radio show, especially when we did that late night show, I think we we often talk about the screw ups that we were. But I think we it's it's pretty much all we talk about on this podcast. So maybe <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's more maybe condensed. that's the dis- yes, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> 
Uh, so I guess this podication is also for both of you. Thanks, Jeff, for that chat you gave about mental health, which you may not even remember, but was so meaningful to me. And thanks to you both for a drift. It is a little dose of laughter and moral support in every week. Annabelle, the ways in which you are not a fully functioning adult are especially comforting and identifiable. Let's hear from Marie about whether she's got any nice handwritten signs <laughs> sell a to her house. Uh, she finishes by saying, I'd also like to send out a bit of love for my friend Steph and to anyone who's struggling with depression, anxiety or grief. Life can be unbearable, but remember you're not alone and never underestimate the power of talking to someone, no matter how undrifter-like it might seem. For me, it's turned my life around. I can especially recommend the Samaritan's Helpline as a good starting point, particularly if going somewhere to get help face-to-face seems daunting, as it did for me at first. Okay. Long and gushing email over. I hope you don't mind me getting into all that stuff in a podcation. Much love to the Drifterhood. Marie, thank you. Um, th- that was you know, an interesting thing to talk about. I'm not sure it would have ever come up otherwise. But uh, yeah, it was sort of interesting to, to think about it again and also to hear from you. And um, thank you for writing that. That's uh, th- Those emails do mean a lot. So thank you. Uh, so there we go. What do you think, Annabelle? Round of applause. <laughs> please don't, please don't remind me again. Oh. You've got to let that go. You've got oh, to I let know. that go. I have, yeah, right. I have. yeah. Uh, if you would like a podication, then please email us. It's hello at adriftpodcast.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. When your skin feels nourished and glows, you radiate confidence. Osea makes giving your skin a glow up easy with their clean, clinically proven Mega Moisture Duo. This seaweed-powered duo features two of Osea's best sellers, Andaria Algae Body Oil and Andaria Collagen Body Lotion. Glow from the inside out. Get 10% off your first order with code GLOW at OseaMalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A Malibu.com, code GLOW. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app. You can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with Code Program for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code Program.